Hello. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Matthews from Thoughts by Sean. Uh, I've got a interesting guest today. Her name's Christina Foxwell from Ignite Purpose. She's the Managing Director. Welcome. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Yes, it's very good. And it's it's like we've uh, we seem to have uh, we meet on planes. We we've met at various uh, times but it's uh, so good to hear and and see how well your business is going thank you so much it was so interesting when we met and and just the wonderful uh, sort of partnership and connection we've built over the years as we've seen each other in our careers and i'm really privileged to be here great thank you so much fantastic so what what i thought we'll do is just uh We'll just have a chat um, okay. and uh, let people know a little bit about what you're doing and, and, and what other things uh, make you tick. Um, I love that. Thank you. So I guess, um, like, why did, why did you start Ignite Purpose? Or... Okay, so um, my background is in organisational change, uh, learning and development, um, and before that, investment banking, if you can yep. actually believe it. Yep. Uh, the problem I had, I, I love research, so I love working with an organisation that, or I like working with data that's well researched or content. And when I started my business here, it was because I was so tired of being of going to organisations from a training or an org change perspective and going, you know, we can get your people to sell more, we can shift your organisation, and here's a program. Mm. It's two days training and, you know, you need to coach them. And, and I, I just knew it didn't work. Something was fundamentally wrong with the approach. And I knew we needed to do something differently because I'd led a sales team. I'd, I'd led a business. I've been a GM. I've been a sales director. I've been a partner. I understand that. And, and the challenge I have is as a person running a P&L, if I'm going to invest, I want to return. As a person being part of an organization, going through a program, I want to be helped to support and supported to actually be effective. So I remember sitting, um, my journey to Australia is 11 years ago, I was sitting at home and I was so frustrated, um, needing to really birth my gift. And, I, and that's a really strange way to say that, but it was like I was impregnated with this thought that I needed to do something different. And I stumbled across Simon Sinek's The Why, video I must have watched it like a hundred times and I was going why why what's my why why am I unhappy why do what's my why how can I make a difference I need to make a difference I need to do it now I think my poor husband went bananas because he was like oh I need to buy you every happiness book on the shelf because you're not okay Um, and then I remember sitting in my study uh, and using a post-it note and and colored pens and writing all the gifts I had on a wall and thinking, if I give these away, uh, what would others gain? And through that process, I birthed the business, and I thought, all right, I'm going to call myself the performance company. And I thought, oh, that's so pompous. How ridiculous. (laughs) Who's going to think that's me? That's not me. Mm. And I sat down and I thought, what about Ignite Purpose? What about igniting purpose? Because I feel so purposeful. And I know that I want to do this. And I know that if we can create purpose in people, mm. we'll make such a difference in their lives. And uh, that's, where the, that's where the business was born. I left a job and I just came home. I said, I'm re- I've resigned. Uh, how much do we have to bring in from my part every month so we don't die or mm. really be on the streets? Yeah. And my husband luckily had a, a, a good role. And... Um, I just started working relentlessly, yeah. uh, and that's how I kicked off the business. And 
seven and a bit years later, we're sitting in our own little office on the northern beaches in Sydney. So Making a difference. Oh, you know what? Absolutely, we're making a difference, mm. without doubt. And the best move you ever made? The best move? I think I'm thinking about Brene Brown's um, <sighs> sort of description of vulnerability. It's um, the willingness to do something different, mm. to be exposed, to take a risk that you're not in control of. Mm. I've had my biggest moments of vulnerability while running this business. Um, I'm dyslexic. I come from South Africa. I uh, felt I've got quite an interesting and colorful history, which we don't have to go into on this podcast. Mm. Um, and I just didn't feel worthy actually to do it, but my drive and that purpose piece gave me no choice. Mm. So it pushed me out of the bucket, so to speak, and um, I just really had to do it. And then when I started doing it, I had one or two clients correct my spelling on a document, a, like a simple workbook, and I was like, I came home and I said to my husband, I'm not doing this. I've read it, I've spell checked it, I can't see it. Why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. I'm, I can't do this. this I'm just going to, people are going to laugh. Let me just go and do the sales director job or a GM job where I've got a good assistant. I just can't do it because it was just me. Mm. And I remember him saying, that's rubbish. Just let them correct it and then print it. What the hell does it matter? It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't matter, but it mattered to me because at that stage, that was my pain. Mm. Versus now, it's almost my imperfection has become my pleasure. Mm. That's fantastic. You know? Yeah, so it's been a journey. And so what has your husband felt about you? You know, well, the business has been going quite well um, and, and you are getting a lot of clients that are coming on board. And so for you, and, and it must be a sense of pride for your husband. I think so. I think it absolutely is. Um, he's part owner in this practice mm. and he makes sure that we have a really healthy finance uh, background because he's a, he's a chartered accountant. And um, it wasn't easy though, because I think I'm very out there and John is beautifully um, generous and not as flamboyant probably is the best word to say mm -hmm. than I am. So I, th I think we've, se we've seen, our, we've had our fair share of rumbles yeah. as we've moved through this piece, because it's not easy for a husband and a wife to own a business together, mm. but I run the business. Yeah. So he just checks in and makes sure that our accountant that we've got here, our finance manager, is, everything's working. Yeah. And I appreciate that, but I'm sure he's proud of me. Yeah. You know, he does tell me, um, he does tell me he's proud of me. Uh, I guess that's uh, the, the yin and the yang uh, it's the working. the yin and the yang. Yeah. And I think you've got to work at everything, don't you? Yeah, you do. You do. No, nothing is easy. So. You've got to work at your relationships. You've got to work with your team. Yeah. You've got to work on yourself. Yeah. That's Con the hardest job. Yeah, constantly work on yourself. Constantly. Yes. So we're talking about um, what in, you know, how you get, mm. got into the business. What, what in, who's, who's your inspiration? Who's, uh, you, you mentioned Simon. Senec, um, as as that person that sort of gave you that kick along to to make a, a decision to go into your business, but what who inspires you on a daily basis? You're going to think it's crazy, no. But I, my deep centered inspiration comes from my dad. Mm. Um, he was a, a minister in a church, uh, and it wasn't necessarily his religious views that inspired me. It was his desire to make a difference and to stand next to people that inspired me 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to do that, and he said to me, girls don't do that, um, which I now do. But I think that's my inspiration from a human perspective. On some of the authors that we use their research and their work, I'm passionate about Brene Brown's work. It's changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Sinek's work, John Maxwell, I honestly can't tell you... Um, the thought I'm working through a few books at the moment as mm. you do mm. I've got three books going at the moment um, and I'm his stuff is simple to read simple to understand with reflection the great gravity it, it can help you achieve in your own um, thinking and mm. person I think is fantastic I love Patrick Lencioni's work because it really aligns very closely to the way we see it at Ignite Purpose and the work we do mm. um, and yeah I could carry on but those are probably my top the top people that I really enjoy their work. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I guess when I think about inspiration, my grandfather was a great inspiration to me. That's so right. he came to Australia uh, as a Polish uh, immigrant um, from World War Two, wow. And um, he taught me a lot about, you know, he came to Australia and he says, I came to Australia with these 10 fingers and I built my house, my family, looked after everybody and he gave me a good sense of work ethic. So I think, um, you know, if I had to look back on my uh, inspiration, it's my grandfather for sure. He's, uh, he's one of me and, and, and it's probably made me the person I am today. So really, oh, I, love um, that. I love that you've said that because it is. Yeah, I just, um, look, he went through a lot, uh, you know, with uh, the war and, and, and came to Australia with a real sense of obligation and opportunity to pay back the people in Australia for the opportunity to come into the country. So it sort of taught me that, you know, and he said, never get anything for nothing in this world. It's all hard work and mm. putting your effort in. And that's what um, you, you get. And I get that uh, constantly. You know, he might have been gone since uh, I was 17, mm. but I had 17 great years with him to, to learn a lot about uh, life and, and where I wanted to go. And, and uh, you know, for that, I'm grateful. Which puts me on to the next yes. thing, uh, grateful. Oh, you, yeah. There's lots of things you uh, I've seen on, on social media around grateful yeah. and being grateful. Yes. So what are you grateful about? Oh, man. Um, I think I'm fundamentally grateful that I'm alive, um, that I can really make a difference. I really believe I make a difference. Mm. And I'm grateful that I choose to use the special gifts I have because I think we're all different. We've all got something special we bring mm. that I've not, that I've overcome my fear of using my gifts. Mm. And I'm grateful for that, that I was courageous. And I'm, gr- I'm just grateful that I'm surrounded by marvelous people who inspire me. Mm. You know, you sitting here with me to think we sat on a plane from Melbourne to Sydney talking about your role. Um, talking about my business we caught up for a coffee then you got the job at Wink you know and I think that these are the moments it's those small moments that we have with every single person that I'm so grateful for mm. because that small moment can have such a big difference in a, in a life you know yeah no that's great you know I, I agree totally I think I'm, there's so much to be grateful for I think we lose sight of it from our day to day living where we're constantly looking at the next big thing or the next purchase or the next thing that makes our that we perceive makes our life happier but it doesn't necessarily do that I think it comes down from deep within your own happiness do you love what you do do, do you, you enjoy what you do? you do do you 
do, is it, do you bounce out of bed every day and think, you know, what can I do that's going to make a real difference today? What can I do for someone without expecting anything in return? Absolutely. All of these things have an impact on how you, how things happen and, and results come, in, uh, come to life because you're a person who is going out there and not expecting to get paid for, not paid monetarily, but uh, expecting, expecting a return, a, a return of some kind because you've just gone out and you've offered that uh, information. So the thing with social media too, I think um, with social media it's changed a lot in the fact that before I think there was a time where people just thought they'd sell things on social media, that that was the way to do things. Now it's become more about the story and the content and, and the ability to share information. And it's not to say that you don't get paid for your consulting work, but it's people need to understand where, you, where, where that information and, and the fact that you want to volunteer it and share it with people. I think that's a pretty important aspect of it. I think we learn through those small moments. Mm. I want to give you a definition quickly. Mm. You're saying joy, happiness, gratitude, sharing, kindness. Mm. All of that's obviously got to do with the dopamine that unlocks our learning pathways and the neural pathways. Sean Acor has a definition for happiness, which I love. And it is the joy that I feel while striving for my potential. Mm. So shall I say it again? Because I'm like, yeah. The joy that I feel while striving for my potential, which means it's now, which mm. means this little moment you and I sharing as we're sharing a little bit of our thoughts, mm. hopefully for, to, to, to support someone in, a, in, a, in something, um, it's joyous. Mm. And it's being so grateful mm. and it's being so open. And those are the moments that carry us. Mm. So I've got that 21 day gratitude challenge yeah. that I'm running at the moment. Yeah. The reason I'm doing that is because I am determined to practice joy this year more than ever before. I'm not sure what that looks like. That's my promise to myself. Mm. It's my promise to myself because only I can create joy for me. Sean, you can't make me happy. No. My happiness is not dependent on you talking to me, connecting with me. It's got nothing to do with that. Mm. My happiness is depending on how I see my world and my ability to connect with others. Because mm. that makes me feel part of something more than me. So true. Isn't that true? That's true. And we forget about it. And that's why I think we can use social media for the good. Mm. We can let humans rise. We can mm. stand next to each other. We can create an inclusive world where people are not excluded for their color, for their language, for their imperfections. Mm. We can create an inclusive culture where we welcome people for the mm. things they have. Exactly. And I think it's about time, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think there's far too much uh, hate in the world and um, too much intolerance. Mm. I think the ability for people to really um, get each other is, is it's up to it, every individual to do that. We've got a choice. Oh. Um, we've got a choice and the choice is, you know, that, um, and, and people have got a choice to be miserable or unhappy and, and or be happy and, and, and be giving. Um, that's, uh, I think, everybody's fundamental right. But be nice to, if we had, you, utopia is a nice, uh, nice vision. Isn't it's that a, a nice vision? It is a, a great vision. How about just a moment of utopia, which we Ma- can create for ourselves? A moment of utopia. Love it. Don't you love that? Yep. Just that moment. I do. Just 
getting back to your business a bit, um, what would the clients, what would your clients say about your organisation if you, you had to pick three words that sort of epitomise, and I don't know, maybe you can't do it in three words, but um, what, what would people say about you, you and your organisation? We're really passionate. Mm. And so I'll elaborate on passion, because mm. that's one word. You didn't mm. say I wasn't allowed to make no, elaboration. No, no, you can make elaboration. Okay. We're passionate because we're passionate about them. We're passionate about their people. We're passionate about the outcomes we're going to get for them. Mm. And we're really passionate about what we know works. And we're open to learning new things through that journey. Partnership is the other word. I love partnership. My clients love partnerships. It's why I walk with them for years. Mm. It's why there's deep trust. It's why there's agility. It's why there's frank and open conversations about what we could do differently. It's it's part of that ability for us to help them create excellence. Mm. And you know what, Sean? The joy and the funny thing is it's a moment of excellence because then that moment passes and we start again. Because mm. that's evolution. Everything always grows, right? It's that's not like right. there's an end point to performance, is there? No. Um, so partnership. And then I suppose performance is the final word. Mm. I didn't start this company so that I could be on stage doing a show. Mm. I fundamentally am what my husband calls me intense, which I don't know if that's a good or bad word. Um, I think it's good. I'm, I'm wrapping myself in good. Uh, intense, and it's me intense. The, um, where was I? Are you talking about intense? I was. But I was talking about what it means. Mm. Okay. So I think, you know, fundamentally the difference we make for our clients is all about that, you know, really getting in there, working with them, getting it unpacked, and it's performance. You know, we, we, we don't, I didn't, we didn't start this practice so we could just be a show. We started this practice so we could create an outcome. Mm. We started this practice to make an impact. Mm. We started this practice to be centered around performance of some kind. Mm. And it's how I'm wired. I've been a leader of an organization. I know a lot of leaders are so frustrated because they can't sort of, they can't capture performance. Mm. Um, and there are ways to capture pockets of performance. Mm. Because nothing lasts forever, and mm. I think that's the key thing. And everything is just moments in time. Mm. But can we get trajectory and lift through mm. the work we do? And the answer is absolutely, fundamentally yes. Mm. I think um, in business in general, uh, if you've got a, a company that's it's passionate about what they do and yeah. believe in, and they're big on partnerships, and really drive that partnership relationship with their, their, their customers and clients... You, you'll get performance and, and performance is driven by that how you measure that it, it, you know you can look at it in, yeah. in numbers terms yeah. financially yeah. or you can look at it in in generally in the way that people portray your organization moving yeah. forward and sometimes we we focus too much on the number and not enough on the people that are actually uh, doing this and i think the outcomes that dri- we, we have the the outcome's reverse driven. So we're going, we're expecting the numbers. These are the numbers you go get, but we're not sort of saying, let's gear these people up for success and unpack, you know, what a success look like for us as an organization and how we move forward. So I, I I tend to agree with you on all those things. And I I think that's, uh, you know, they're good, good, uh, 
good key things to have in an organisation like yourself. And if your yeah. clients are thinking that that's the way they see you, I think that's a, a, an admirable thing. I think so. I, I truly believe that. You've mentioned something, so I want to just go there. Sure. The purpose of our business mm. is that we fundamentally believe that people are central to your business performance. Mm. And that's what you've just said. Mm. If your people are not the heart of your business, and your business, your business can be as automated as you like if there's still a human being pressing a button or putting something together some way, mm. which means that is their choice to be there to do that. Yeah. And if we can get more people passionate and excited by having the choice to be there and to do that, whatever that is, with everything they have today, imagine what, what a business we could run. Exactly. Imagine what a business we could run. Yeah. But our challenge as leaders is how do we unlock it Mm. And then how do we lead it? And we can only lead it through great vulnerability and authenticity ourselves. Because mm. our people follow people. They don't follow a shadow. Mm. They don't follow the head of the business. They might do the job of the head of the business tells mm. them to do, but they're not following. Mm. You know. And I think that's the challenge we have in senior leadership. Are you truly leading mm. the organization's people to performance? Because you can do all the number work you want and mm. you can do all the process work you want and they, those two pieces are important. Mm. But without people, what do you have? Exactly. And I guess the other thing that I wanted to touch on is empathy is a huge... Mm. Um, I think in the past, um, with past management, over a period of time it was very, very stoic and very yes. approach, you know, do your job or I'll get someone else that'll do it yes. rather than understand that everybody's got a challenge that they're facing at, be it personal at home yeah. or in their, their, their um, maybe in their health. Um, it's sometimes what goes a long way is understanding how that person is reacting to, to different things. If somebody's having poor result or do, not doing well, there's a reason for it. Totally. It's how you unbox that reason and understand that. If, if you're going to look purely at the number and go, this person's not performing, I have to manage that person yes. out, you're not really leading a team of people and all you're doing is replacing uh, an issue that you that is really fundamentally with yourself. Absolutely. So leadership is about understanding. You get more out of people. I know that I get more out of people by just understanding where they're coming from and genuinely be interested in, in what's going on with them. Um, I find... That's that's how I lead, and 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 it seems to work quite well for me where I am at the moment at Wink. Um, that I can bring people on the journey of where I'm going, um, where I'm taking them. But yeah, empathy. What are your thoughts I on love the empathy? That. You've said a word that's standing out to me, and it's just kind of flashing red light, and it's a positive red light, not a bad one. It's going yeah. where to go there. Is authentically. Mm. We can teach you the steps to empathy. Mm. I could teach you the steps to empathy, mm. but only you choose to be connected. Empath and only you choose to be curious. Mm. So for me, when I see empathy, empathy is the heart of getting to someone. But empathy comes from a place of, it has to come from the right intent. And that intent has to be love. Mm. I fundamentally believe it. Mm. It can't be any other way. Yeah. If I'm trying to pretend empathy from a place of fear, because I'm so fearful, yeah. you're going to feel it. It's not going to feel empathetic. It's going to mm. feel like I'm speaking to an android. Mm. Um, and I'm going to smell that you are not being honest and authentic to me. Because mm. I can't see you. 
Real empathy is something where I'm willing to show you who I am Mm. um, while we're having a conversation, not from a place of judgment, but from Mm. a deep place of understanding. Mm. And I practice curiosity through my empathetic process with you. Mm. And none of that curiosity is laced with judgment and fear. Mm. That's the, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I love empathy. I believe I, we can unpack empathy in our practice mm-hmm. and repack it and unpack it and repack it because that's mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah. When we teach leaders empathy, we also teach them connection. We teach them vulnerability. We teach them authenticity. We challenge them around courage. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing fundamentally in each leader that we've got to work on, and I have to work on this. By the time you're 45, all the things you've gone through in your life make you behave weirdly in certain mm-hmm. situations is our character. Mm. So it all right. kind of winds right back into the person. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's interesting. And um, I guess, um, what sort of advice would you give women looking to start their own business? Uh, given the, and I, I hate stereotyping things because women are in business in general. So it's it's not um, it, it probably for men or women, really that that question is. You know what is it that if you want um, to start your own practice? Yeah, if you want to start your own practice or business, um, there's a few things that are important. I, I'm just con- I'm just reflecting on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, you've got to make sure you can live, which is your first problem mm. or great opportunity. Mm. So either you've got a partner and you and your partner are agreeing. Now I didn't give John much choice. Mm. Sorry, John, um, if you're listening. Um, because I just needed to do it. But I, I managed to come into the business with two small clients mm. who I knew would give us some revenue. Um, so I think, I'm just gonna describe it all the way back. Be clear about what you wanting to do and the impact it has to have. Because I will say this, any business worth its salt that really survives the test of time is not because you wanna make money, it's because you wanna make a difference. Those are two fundamentally different things. If you're in this so that you can make a lot of money, you will make a short amount of money or you will drive yourself bananas because you're not making the money you wanna make. Mm. Okay? okay? So if you, if you truly wanna be successful and you wanna grow, it needs to be a passion point. Mm. I believe that fundamentally, mm. you need to put good people around you. Mm. I hired a graduate as my first employee before I was even paying myself a salary. Because we, we, what we did from a finance perspective is we held onto as much cash in our bank in the first two years so that we were cash positive by quite a fair stretch. Um, and through that process, built momentum. Mm. And as, because I'm a sales director previously, so I layer my, my numbers and mm. I love numbers when it comes to forecasting because it's yeah. my thing. Yep. But I think that's really important. You've got to be honest with yourself. And I think you've got to be, you said this earlier, put in the effort. I'm really sorry. If you're starting a business so that you can just have a great lifestyle, your business is going to be something that's, if you're happy with it just being a few thousand dollars a month and that's really what you want, then that's fine. But if you're wanting a business that grows and truly impacts the world, you might have to put a little bit more effort in. And that effort is going to keep you up. You're going to work long hours your first two or three years. Just keep going. Don't give up. Do not give up. Surround yourself with positive people that believe in you. Find them, even if they're your children. Yeah, Because sometimes your tank is so empty, you need someone to stand next to you. Take regular breaks. Please, God, do that for yourself. Because... I've burnt out almost a few times in mm-hmm. this practice. 
Um, and as I said, you've got to surround yourself with people who do different things better than you do. Mm. I have an accountant three days a week who's also my office manager. I have got a media person who does my communications, my website, all our graphic design, all our send outs, all our mails, all our... And she helps with everything else that has to happen. She's a great support. She's amazing, my comms manager. And I have got a consultant that's been with me for the last six years since uni who is fundamentally a project manager, a consultant, and has taken on additional work. I've got a, So I've got all these people that surround me. We've now got one of our associates who's a doctor of psychology, and he works alongside me in the coaching work we do so that I don't have to carry it all because I've got different gifts. Mm. Be open to that moment where you hand stuff off mm. so that you can do the stuff that makes the difference. Mm. You know, and that, that's the fun stuff oh, too. And it's fun and for it, you and yeah, it's fun for everyone it, else because everyone's in? doing their thing yeah, yeah. that they should be doing yeah. versus well, you so, doing that, stuff you shouldn't be doing. That's it, exactly. You know, so I think it's fundamentally you're going to have to have courage and mm. you're going to have to be willing to fall on your face mm. a few times. Mm. You're going to have to be willing to fail even though it drives you crazy. Because the amount of times I've failed in the last seven years is monumental. And the fear that's overwhelmed me while I've done that is traumatic in itself. But the growth from that moment has been inspiring. That's the growth and the learning that you get out of it. And you do get it. And look, um, I... I have a theory in life. I just uh, you fa- if you fail, fail fast, learn, move on, and and not hold, hold too much baggage behind um, when you make those decisions. But make a decision, be it you know, and 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 be prepared to fail fast, but learn from that. And that's where your greatest growth comes from. You, I, I totally one hundred percent agree with that. Absolutely, and I yeah. think if we're truly going to make the difference, our purpose challenges us to do. Mm. Being seen and being visible is needed. Mm. It's not easy. Mm. I had someone send me an email to my LinkedIn the other day because I'd left an R out of you, so it was it was supposed to be your, but it said you. And they told me that my credibility is in the balance when I leave, when I'm when my spelling is not perfect on a platform like LinkedIn. Mm. And that's their armor of perfectionism. I'm dealing with my dyslexia. Mm. And if if a simple thing like that is so hard for them to deal with, I had to deal with I went through all that, oh my God, why am I even out there? I shouldn't be out there. And I went, you know what? I'm imperfect, but in my imperfection, I'm perfect. Mm. And I'm still going to rise. Mm. Excellent. So I think, you know, just be inspired by your effort and your tenacity and your passion and your purpose. Mm. I just want to take you back to a point that I, I quite like is the fact that you're um, doing what delegating to different people in your team and doing what you your your gifts are what you're skilled to do I think that's a pretty important thing I think people want to try and be the jack of all trades like you'll have people that are quite good in finance but not good in sales and then you've got people that are good in tech and not good in other areas just be true to yourself and, and, and enjoy Find your it. thing. Find your thing. Exactly. Find your thing and do it. And as I said, surround yourself with people. Yeah. People that can do the things you can't do well. You know, Excellent. I think it's the key to, to being able to bring the best of you. Well, 
We've had that fun, was, haven't we've we? We've had fun. <laughs> this has been great. And it, it's, it's good, and, and I'm looking forward to many more of these uh, in the future. Um, thanks a lot for your time today. Oh, what and, a pleasure. And really appreciate you joining me today on Thoughts by Sean. Um, it's been a real pleasure speaking to Christina Foxwell Thank from Ignite you. Purpose. Uh, if you'd like to be uh, touch base with Christina, go to the website www.ignitepurpose.com.au or email information at ignitepurpose.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you.